from quarantine and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I am Julia Callahan and we're two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today, we discuss Season 2, Episode 19, Abby Morgan, Rest in Peace. All right, Aaron. So crazy. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed this, but a bunch of the listings just call it Rest in Peace. Oh. But the original episode was supposed to... C- be titled Abby Morgan Rest in Peace, as you said. And I I actually think it's from the advent of streaming that, like, there was a spoiler problem (laughs) when you saw that, like, if you were just looking through an episode list and saw it and it says Abby Morgan Rest in Peace, you knew that Abby Morgan died. She dies, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I think they changed it. They changed it on IMDb. They changed it on um, pretty much everywhere but Wikipedia. I found it changed. So... Well, yeah, I got this from Wikipedia, so that so shows. There you <laughs> go. So there you go. But yeah, all the listings have just rest in peace. Um, Interesting. So there's a little trivia for you. That makes sense. It is like, it's so wild but she it's died. Like, it's it so wild. <laughs> it is. Um, but it's also like, it shows you that divide that Dawson's Creek unfortunately Mm -hmm. falls right in the like crevasse of yeah yeah, because it's like when we were watching this show on television who the fuck knew what an episode was called no idea like we didn't know they even had names we got the tv guide delivered to us so it would say that but you wouldn't like referred you wouldn't say to your friends like oh i was watching abby morgan rest in peace like you didn't refer to it like that you know totally Totally. But so anyway, so they change it on a lot of the stuff so that they don't give it away. Just an FYI. Interesting. Cool. Um, so this was written by Mike White, yet again, Mike yeah. White. Um, yeah. Directed by David Semmel. This one originally aired May 5th, 1999. Let's see. So the um, description from Wikipedia. Okay, this one's a long one again. Written. Yeah. <laughs> Abby's death shocks everyone, and all of Capeside is attempting to whitewash her life. That's in quotes, whitewash. Um, No idea why. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All the hypocrisy is making Jen crazy, and in a later discussion with Grams, she denounces God and angers Grams in the process. When making a speech at the funeral, she further embarrasses Grams by announcing that Abby taught her the falselessness of God. Abby's mother asks Andy to give the official eulogy. Memories of Andy's brother are brought up, and Andy's emotional reactions scare Pacey. Joey is reluctant to go to the funeral since she hasn't been to one since her mother died years earlier. While at the graveyard, she and Dawson decide to visit her mother for the first time. Grams is so disgusted with Jen's speech at the funeral that she packs her bags and tells her to find somewhere else to live. Dude, that was so fucked up. Woo! So this is a big one. This is a big one. I feel like we say it every time. (laughs) It's like pretty iconic. (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) Okay, my history is mysteries. Um, May 1, 1999, SpongeBob SquarePants debuts on Nickelodeon. Oh, wow. There you go. Uh, May 3rd through 6th, 1999, in Oklahoma City, a devastating tornado outbreak of 140 tornadoes hits, including an F5 tornado in Moore, Oklahoma, where 36 people die. 
Whoa. Yeah. I think more Oklahoma is in Tornado Alley. I think it's one of those places that gets hit a lot with tornadoes. Wait, is the whole, I thought the whole of Oklahoma was in Tornado Alley. Okay. I am currently staying with someone who is from Oklahoma City. Yeah. I'm just going to tell our listeners that. So I do know a little bit about this. Um, I think within Oklahoma City, there is a part called Tornado Alley as well. Uh Like the locals refer to Uh this area as Tornado Alley because a lot of them hit that uh-huh. one stretch. Interesting. I do think that whole part of the country is like widely referred to as a tornado alley, but within the city, there's like a part of the city. Uh, but is. the locals have like their own exactly. definition of it. Oh, exactly. interesting. I'm sure yeah. I will hear an earful about it and I'll correct anything that's wrong in yeah. the next episode. <laughs> um, apologies to Genevieve, who I'm staying with. Um, and she's in a meeting right now, so I cannot ask her. Because <laughs> life is insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so May 5th, 1999, Windows 98 Second Edition is released. Right. And fucked yeah. us all. <laughs> that, was a, that was one of the really bad ones. Um, okay, number one movie in the country is Entrapment, starring Sean uh, yeah. Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine yeah, I saw yeah. that in the theaters. I definitely saw that in the theaters. I remember liking it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, number it's w- super gross. It's like <laughs> Sean Connery's like all like stoked on how hot she, you know she is all it's like that iconic scene where she's like training to like cat burglar yeah, with yeah, like she's like under the she's yeah, like, like on a wire screen. under the yeah yeah <laughs> under the um he's lasers. like licking his lips as he oh. watches it like or you know proverbially licking his lips <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure if he really does it but yeah. it's real gross he's like 40 years her senior and her yeah. romantic interest love interest in the movie exactly oh hollywood um, the number one song for the final week, Aaron, No Scrubs by TLC. This was the last week that it was number one. Damn. God, that's a great song. It's such a good song. Man. Okay. So, um, I, I guess I'm not going to have you try to guess what's next week, but I just want you to know that next week's a doozy as well. So stay tuned. Fuck <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we open outside of Dawson's house. Yeah, and um, it's him and Joey, and they're in their catering uniform. Yeah, and they're, like, kissing. And, like, before they climb up the ladder, Joey's kind of like, are you is, are you sure this is a good idea? And Dawson's kind of like, let's, yeah. let's not overanalyze this. Like, we don't need to discuss it. So they're talking about fucking, right? Okay. I was like, are they going up there to have sex? I think so. I think so, too. Good job, I guys. Can't, is this the first time we see Dawson climbing up his own ladder? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I think he climbs I'm like, Whoa. down it. He climbs down it in 113. Okay. At the end of yeah, season yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. But he, this is the first time he climbs up it. Yeah. Yeah, and they're definitely, like... They're, I mean, they're going up there to fuck. Yeah, they're like sneaking in. She's all nervous. Like, are you sure this is a good idea? And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, come on. And they're like all like handsy and like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when they get into their room, they like, they kind of start going at it. And she like makes a little moany noise and like, yeah, they're into it. And then the, the camera pulls back. <laughs> and Jen is there, a hot mess Woo! at the end of the bed, all in the dark. Yeah. Crying. Just, I mean, she's got mascara all over her face. Yeah. She looks a mess. I mean, rightfully mm-hmm. so, looks a yes. mess. And then yeah. 
And Joey like stops and is like, whoa. And Dawson's like, Jen. And they're kind of like, what's wrong? Oh, yeah. Like, what yeah, yeah. happened? And she tells them like, you know, that Abby, her and Abby were on the docks drinking and that Abby hit her head and fell in the water and drowned and that she's dead. Yeah. She's like, Abby's dead. And it's wild because Joey drops everything and walks over to Jen and comforts her. Yeah. I mean, for the first time, Joey's really like, okay, whatever Jen needs. Like, yeah, I'm not like nothing about Joey is involved in this. Totally. You know, and all. And Dawson's like kind of stunned. Like he waits back. Like he doesn't, you know, mimic the same behavior as Joey. But like Joey just goes in and is like comforting her, has her hand on her shoulder and everything. Like puts her arm around her, kind of like lets her cry on her. Um, I gotta say, Michelle Williams, man, like, you know, when we have those little glimpses of like, the fact, that, agree. The fact that this woman's about to be nominated for four Oscars. I know. Here we are. <laughs> That's exactly what my best friend was saying. She's like, the only good actress on this show. I mean, <laughs> you know? for realsies, yeah, for like, realsies. I mean, she like, the she, that could have been such a shitty scene like it could have been yeah. done so badly yeah, yeah, yeah um you know but the way she does it she's like fucking near catatonic she kind of just like no she's like staring off like and like whispering what she's, she's saying really quiet yeah i was like that's such a choice man that she's know. not like panicked and screaming and freaked out she's just quiet and calm and like holy fucking shit this is what i just <laughs> witnessed this is what i just came from like yeah man it- so why Michelle Williams was maybe 18 when they were filming I know. this. She was I think I she was more like 17, but she might have been 18 at this point. So wow. I mean Yeah. Awesome. Anyway. So we go to the credits after mm-hmm. after the um Joey converts her, we just go straight into the credits. It's a really short cold open. Um, and then we go to the Potters. Yeah. And Joey's like sitting outside flipping through a photo album and we see, we presume it's her mom and her when she's younger. Yeah. And Mike Potter comes out and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And like, she's just like, I'm looking at my dad or looking at this photo album. And then he tells like this really harrowing story where he's like, oh yeah, I remember that dress. I told, I told her to take it back, but she was so mad at me. She, I told her to take it back because it was too expensive. And she was so mad at me. She went out and bought two. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I feel like we just learned of, a lot. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, I think that's supposed to endear us to, you know, Mrs. Potter. Yeah. But like, ooh, she's a little vindictive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And Mike's kind of like, why are you, why are you going through this? You know, why are you looking at these? And Joey's tells him that like a girl at her school died on Saturday night. And Mike's actually kind of a good dad about it. He, he's like, oh, were you close? Space for her. Yeah. You know? And Joey's kind of like, no, she was kind of a nightmare. Kind of hated her. (laughs) He hated her, but like, that doesn't mean I'm like happy she's dead. Right. And she says, you know, it's got me thinking about mom and remembering mom. And then and then Mike sort of goes to be like, well, you know, we never talked about this. Like, let's let's have a conversation. Talk about it. Yeah. And Joey's like, Joey's like, nah, no, it's late. I got to go to school. See you later. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I completely see where she's coming from. I don't know why she would trust him. You know, she also like 
she like Loki thinks he is like responsible for her death too. Right. Remember? I do remember. <laughs> I do. I'm not sure the show remembers, but I remember. <laughs> I mean, that's such an iconic scene. Yeah. I think. Yeah, totally. <laughs> My mom got cancer and died. You do the math. You do the math. <laughs> So Joey bails uh, yeah. off to school. So we go to school and Jen walks in and like, it's weird because it's kind of like Jen's gaze. Yeah. So it seems like everyone's staring at her and like, kind of like, oh, there's the girl who was there when someone died. Right. But it, it feels like Jen's gaze, you know, like I, I don't yeah. know if that's like necessarily what's really happening, you know, and yeah. like. Jen's like completely freaked out, you know? Yeah, because she kind of walks into school like fine, kind of like, okay, you know, back at school, whatever, like possibly like, hey, I get to have a normal day right now. How nice, yeah. you know? And then it's like very quickly turns bad. Um, yeah. And she like ru- runs to her locker and like. Exactly. Like it's like a representation of like her anxiety, maybe like a social anxiety that she's having about this, you know, definitely. And and we just (laughs) see this like hippie ass grief counselor. I mean, it's funny because it's like their take on a hippie. But like as someone from California, I'm offended. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Also, like, a grief counselor doesn't have to be a hippie. Like, just because someone... Well, I don't know why they do that. They're like, oh, this is some, like, hippie thing, like, grief counseling. (laughs) You know? They always do that in media. And you're like, um... That's not, like... It's, like, a thing to, like, look down on, you know? Well, and it's just, like, just because someone has compassion doesn't mean that they're a hippie. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I mean, possibly we should... Possibly we should uh, get over that. No, 100%. Like, if you you <laughs> don't have to wear tie-dye to talk about your feelings. Yeah, Come on. You don't. You don't. We, pro- we promise. Neither one of us is in tie-dye right now. No. And we are great. Or we are going to talk about our feelings. <laughs> we always talk about our we feelings. We always talk about our feelings. Tie-dye or not. Every you once know? in a while, Aaron is in tie-dye. But, that is true. <laughs> but <laughs> I have not worn tie-dye since I was a child. But... Um, <laughs> Since I since I started picking my own clothes, <laughs> mom. <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, Jen's like the so the people in the room with the grief counselor are Jen, Pacey, Andy, and Jack, and then there's like some randos, randos that we don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the you know this one girl like says that their club is like distributing yellow armbands that they're wearing in Abby's memory. And I'm just like, what a time to be watching an episode about fake um, like <laughs> activism. Fake activism. I completely agree. I was like, whoa. I was like, again, something that did not age well. I mean, that's kind of the point. It was kind of like highlighting like yeah. just the absurdity of like activism a lot of the time, you yeah. know. Um, and and especially it's a white woman too. So like <laughs> that is like interesting you know well and I just like it's like weird because I think like I remember the AIDS like ribbon right yeah and like when the Reagan administration refused to talk about AIDS at all to acknowledge that it was even happening Mm -hmm. and the few times they did it was like the press secretary laughing about the fact that it was happening, you yeah. know, they're like, "Oh, it's just killing gay people." Oh, we want them dead. <laughs> we don't care about those, you know, whatever. Um, 
And I I remember people showing up to the Oscars, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins and like, you know, people showing up to the Oscars um, with those ribbons and being like, oh, yeah, it actually was really powerful, right? To to see Hollywood and to hear them speak about it and they would mention it on the red carpet. And so it's like there's parts of it that it's like to raise awareness. I don't have a problem with that. But what I think is kind of so funny. The red ribbon was like the start of it when it actually meant something. And then they were like, oh, during the Gulf War, it was the yellow ribbon. I know. And then Susan G. Komen just like ran with the pink ribbon. Trampled over all of us. And kind of like. It just obliterated the concept, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, on t- I just think it's interesting with this that, like, you see that thing where it's like, what are you... You're not raising awareness. I know. Like, what are you doing uh, with awareness a yellow of arm- what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with a yellow uh, armband? Like, don't drink at, on the docks, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like... It's like interesting. You're like, what is your message here? You know, exactly, Uh, exactly. And Jen agrees with you. She's like, fuck. She's like, annoyed as shit, and rolling her eyes, and it's just like, ugh. And then the grief counselor is sort of like, Jen, like you were friends with Abby. Do you want to talk about your feelings? And Jen's like, "Uh, no, I do not want to talk about my feelings. (laughs) And then she sees that Andy's a little uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. she asks Andy um, to share. Yeah. And like Andy is always hella positive. That is her vibe. So she remains true to herself and she's kind of positive about Abby, you know? And Jen freaks out and storms out storms out of the room yeah it's super fucked up yeah because andy's like you know i'm i'm shocked that abby died she was so alive and she had such a great spirit it's a tragedy and jen i mean i get it in a certain to a certain extent because i think jen who knows what abby did to andy and Mm -hmm. good god thank god we don't have to say both of those names anymore after this i know (laughs) um but like (laughs) um but like she, like, knows the truth that, like, Abby was fucking cruel to Andy. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, I get that she's like, fuck this, I'm not going to listen to this shit. Right. Because I think but that's kind of how Andy's I was in high school. I actually really lying, though. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I don't either. But I see where, like, I don't think Andy's lying, but I also see where Jen's coming from, where, like, this girl gets up and is like, we're having these yellow armbands. And then Andy's like, she had such a great spirit. And Jen's just like, that's that's quite enough. Thank you. I'm done now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I definitely see where Jen's coming from, yeah. but it's hard because I don't think Andy is being inauthentic to herself. Absolutely. So it's hard to see Jen like kind of taking it out on Andy for yeah. like Andy actually like we're not shocked at all that Andy would respond that way, you know? Yeah. yeah. So then we go to the cafeteria and like Dawson's at a table and we can see the girl giving out yeah. armbands. <laughs> There's like a whole table set up already, like a bake sale going. Yeah. Like, yeah. Again, true. what is their message? I I don't know. I don't know, Aaron. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Joey like comes up to Dawson and is like, look, I know we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we put a pin in that? Dawson, and Dawson's like, yeah, can we not do it right now? I'm good yeah. with this. Like, yeah. not right now. 
there's a lot of going on. We can analyze this to death later. And like, they're both kind of like, great. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, And Joey admits that she didn't really like Abby, you know, and like, it's super complicated because like, the thing is just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you're like stoked they're dead, you know? Totally. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's like the heart, like, again, it's hard because Jen doesn't have any friends. So you kind of wish someone had just said that to her. Like, yeah, they hated Like, I hated her, but like, I don't want her. To, I didn't wish death on her. Right. Absolutely. I, I think that's a hard lesson to learn, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really hard to hold all those truths at the same time, um, mm-hmm. particularly when you're young. Like, right. You know, and you're grieving yourself, you know, like, and yeah, and maybe you don't have that much experience with death, you know, and so you don't you feel like, you know, you have to act a certain way or do something a certain way. And and so it's like, it feels incongruent. Yeah. Incongruent. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, and you know, Dawson's like, yeah, you know, it's weird. Like it, that she died is weird. The way she died is weird. Like like, this is all real weird. Fucking weird. Like everyone in the school, no matter what they felt about Abby, they're literally thinking like, oh shit, like we could die. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It puts that in perspective for you. Exactly. Yeah. And Dawson's kind of like, I can't imagine what this funeral is going to be like. And Joey's just like, I'm not fucking going to that. <laughs> I know. And Dawson's kind of like, wait, what? Well, and so here's the thing. Like, I know, I have said this before that I had, I knew people that died in high school. Uh-huh. Um, there were two people that I knew that died that were, like, close enough that I might have gone to the funeral. And I right. went to one and I didn't go to the other one. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, I just, the one that I didn't go to, I just felt like I didn't know him well enough. I kind right. of, like, only knew him through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, a lot of people were going just to get out of class, and I thought that was really fucked up. And so I right. was, like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the other kid, there was a kid that that um, that uh, committed suicide that, um, when I was a senior in high school, that I played trumpet with in band. Uh-huh. And I did know him, f- like... As well as you know someone that you play trumpet next to. Like, we weren't really friends, but, like, you know, I knew him. And um, I went, I did go to that one. And, like, my thing is, like, you just got to do what feels right. And, like, it's weird to me that all the people that end up going to this funeral go to it because they hated Abby so much. (laughs) It's... It's definitely interesting. I mean, as we'll get into it, we see Abby's mom. And so we kind of get an idea that, like, they were all maybe, like, put on the spot yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. true <laughs> um yeah so yeah joey's was like oh i haven't been to a funeral since my mom died and dawson's like girl you should deal with your mom's death it's been three years <laughs> dawson giving good advice you should. <laughs> it's like i completely agree but i'm like wait a minute aren't you all best friends right like it it was a little bit like weird to me well because D- joey admits that she hasn't seen her mom's gravesite yeah and like dawson's like what the fuck and there there was a lot about that because i'm like if they're poor how did they afford a gravesite i i honestly wish that i could tell you how that worked but i don't know Uh uh-huh yeah yeah like i i don't know if there's like a fund or if there's something that like can help or Uh helps like right you know 
or maybe totally. whatever, or, or maybe that's part of the debt they're in. Um, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Joey kind of says like going to Abby's funeral is going to open this Pandora's box of emotion that I've been happy shoving down. And I was like, um, <laughs> shall I, is there a bell I can ring whenever <laughs> someone needs therapy? Because man, <laughs> I know, man, I know. Oh, Jesus. No. And it, it like this scene felt really haunting to me that like, she's telling her best, her childhood best friend who's known her forever. And that like, whatever. And they're having this conversation like three years after, her mom's yeah. death. Yeah. I don't I know. <laughs> because you would think like on the memorial, like the first year memorial, Dawson yeah. would have, you would at least ask your friend like, Hey, do you want to go going? Yeah. or like, what's going on? Or like on their birthday or like mother's day yeah. or like so, at some point, like yeah. you would have checked in about your best friend's mom dying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this seems like the kind of first conversation they've had about like, Joey's feelings about, yeah. you know, her the death of her mom. Yeah, you know, because Joey like that, the death, not that that her mom's dead, but like the actual death. Yeah, you know. Well, because Joey then gives this like fucking heartbreaking speech mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, part of me is still holding on, like that there's this little girl inside of me waiting for her return, like her death was just this cosmic error. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, eventually God will realize what a, he made a terrible mistake and will send her back like he s- sent her dad back to her. And I'm just like, fuck. Fuck. That's like, that, it was a lot. That's hard. That's I really know. hard. I know. And I can't say that I don't understand it. Like I do. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, there's part of me that like, expects my dad to call me right like, of course you know that's not that doesn't go away but like this feels like more than that no th- this was like a little bit haunting it wasn't that like you think you're gonna see them on thanksgiving and then you remember you're not you right, know whatever right. she's like he'll come back like my dad yeah <laughs> you know and and also, I just want to point out, it's like one of the first times Joey mentions God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we get a lot of that in this episode with other yeah. characters engaging with God. Yeah. But yeah, Joey mentions God, specifically sending her Yeah, back. like God will bring her mom back. Yeah. 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 Um, that's interesting. Like, in you know, because we don't really touch on, like, whether or not anyone else is religious. Right. And none of them seem to go to church. Yeah, or, like, were raised at least with, like, religious yeah. parents or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. interesting. Yeah, then Dawson's like, yeah, but you got to grow up. <laughs> and well, Joey's he's like, like, that's a child's... Get it. Yeah, he's like, that's a child's false hope. Well, eventually you have to let it go, which I actually don't think is terrible advice. No, because if my friend said that to me, I'd be like, woo! Okay. <laughs> I hear you and I, I hear you and I definitely yeah. am acknowledging that I, I would potentially feel that way. But like you definitely got to work on that because that's yeah. just like not the laws of nature and right. it's just not going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> true, true, true. So, because then Joey's like, you don't get it. It's super weird. Well, and like true, Dawson doesn't get it. But like right. also. But he gets the laws of nature. Right. And he also he also gets that like. It's not healthy to be yeah. to be holding out in this way. Like it's not healthy to be like 
You know, I just I just don't want to see my mom's gravesite because like that makes it real. Like that's unhealthy, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Um and like Joey does kind of look like she's about to start crying. Like she's uh, she does not want to be in this conversation. Right. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I think that she tends to do this a lot. It's true Dawson doesn't get it. But she'll lean into that like, "Oh, right. well, you don't get it." so that she doesn't have to talk about it or address it, you know? Yeah. And also so that they can't have a space where, like, she doesn't allow him to try to get it. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. She doesn't. She doesn't give him that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go to the bathroom, and Ooh. Jen is, like, washing her face. And when she stands, mascara is running down her face. Mm-hmm. And it stays like that for this whole scene. Yes. So she looks kind of a mess this whole yeah. scene. Yeah. And We've had a few scenes of her looking like that throughout the, this season. Yes. Yes, that's true. And um, I can't help but think that Jen is this sort of, um, you know, fallen sort of woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And and she often gets scenes like this when she is being portrayed as the sort of fallen woman or the deviant woman or the, mm. you know, that, that she was there when this girl died, that she was drinking, they were drinking together. And now right. she has to like suffer the indignity of like, yeah. Looking a mess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, like that- an, in a bad act and then like an amoral act, you know, mm-hmm. and then like, of course she's a mess as right. a result of that. And it's like, on the one hand, of course she was there when her friend died. This is upsetting. It's upsetting to be in school. She's crying. And she looks a mess. Fine. Like that, you know, we've all been yeah, there. Yeah, but it's not the same mess that she looked in the season finale or season premiere after grandpa died. Right. No, you're right. You're right. So I, I want to do like keep track of how when we see Jen in this kind of messy messiness, because I do th- agree right. with you. I think it's similar to the episode where Dawson picks her up and she throws up on the white picket fence. Mm-hmm. Like she kind of yeah, looks yeah. a similar mess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's it's really sweet, though, because Andy comes in and is looking for her and wants to check in on her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like and um, Jen's like, I was Abby's only friend. Like, why do people be acting like they give a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> And also, and, like, did we forget about the Joanna Garcia and other girlfriends? Like, I, yeah. what what was that weird like anomaly that like? Yeah, what was that wild card? Okay, <laughs> but yes, and, like, but yes, she was. I mean, I would argue that Jen was her only friend. I completely yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't think Abby had friends. I think Jen has a fair point with yeah, that. You know, I do too. But Andy is like. I'm the most positive person in this school. Of course, I'm going to see the positive. Like, right. come on, Jen, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jen can't see that perspective, you know? Yeah. And and Andy's, like, kind of says, like, well, she didn't have any friends because, and Jen interrupts her and is like, because she was a bitch. Yeah. And, like, Jen's like, Abby was a bitch. Like, I, just plain and simple. Yeah. And Andy's kind of like, you know, I wouldn't go that far. And then Jen says, well, you would have three days ago. Like, the only thing that's different is that she's dead. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, you waxing poetic about her is so insincere, which, like, I get that, too. You know, like, 
I, I get both sides of this. I mean, you know, well, the thing is it's not a binary, like right. they're both right, you know, and yeah. that's like, you know, something that we're constantly talking about in this, like, you know, show yeah. and what you're constantly learning as a teenager is that you both can be right. You know, like, yes, Abby is a fucking bitch. She was a bitch to all of them. She like actually was horrendous to, to Andy, Andy and yeah. like specifically to Andy, mm-hmm. you know, but like that doesn't mean Andy wanted her dead ed and is only going to remember the negative things about her you know like it's just like you you can't tell someone how they should and can are allowed to grieve you know a tragedy absolutely Absolutely. you know um yeah and you know jen's like it would be so much easier if she were this like great person with virtuous qualities but she's not she was mm -hmm. mean and like let's just acknowledge it and right. she walks out of the bathroom. Um, well, no, Andy's like, I reached out to Abby over and over and she yeah. constantly rejected me. Yeah. And then Jen gets extra and is like, yeah. Andy, you kicked us out of the wedding and that's why Abby died. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. She also says at one point, like, to Andy, Jen says, like, I'm sick and tired of everyone treating me like a celebrity because I was at the scene of the crime. And then, like, Jen says, you know, leave it to Abby. Even in her death, she's exposing hypocrisy because, like, of all these people saying, like, nice things and stuff like that, which I kind of liked, too. Like, mm-hmm. I liked that Jen's kind of like, look, uh, Abby could be a bitch, but I knew her. And, like, yeah. she would actually really dig that she's still exposing this. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then Jen, like... And I think Jen sometimes has a tendency to do this when she's hurt. Yeah. Is, like, turn and, and pin it on someone. Pin her anger and, and hurt on someone else. Right. And, unfortunately, she does it to Andy this time. Um, and blames her. It's, like... It's so sad because again, Jen is all alone. She yeah, it's she had nowhere to go but right. Dawson's right. room right. to you know seek solace in this situation. And Andy is actually a friend to Jen and is like yeah. trying, like knows, like is looking out for her. She's she actively sought her out because well, she knew how upset Jen was, you know. And right. Jen just lashed out at her. Right, and I can't help but notice that. The two people who have been there for Jen so far are the two people that have lost someone very close to them. Right. Um, so understand, even if they hated Abby, understand that there is a lot of pain that's happening right now. Um, and yeah, shock. And, like and shock. The, yeah, exactly. They both lost, both Andy and Joey lost someone like too soon or like mm-hmm. unexpectedly, you know, and yeah. so like just that trauma yeah. they could actually relate to. Yeah. And, you know, Andy's, like, deeply disturbed that Jen has, like, said this to her, that has blamed her. And <laughs> So was same, I. Same. I was like, fuck, that's so wild. Yeah, yeah, totally. And Jen, like, kind well, of... Well, like, ultimately, like, it's no one's fault. This is a freak accident. I mean, it's literally no one's fault. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they were drinking probably didn't help, but she fell, hit her head, and then drowned, and then fell in the water and drowned. Yeah, like, like I mean, it, it was, like, a freak accident. yeah. And, like, Andy is, uh, or, and then Jen apologizes, mm. but, like, kind of has that, he's like, so, I'm sorry. And then, like, is like, I gotta go home. Like, I, I thought I could be here, but I can't. Yeah. So. Ugh. Oof. 
Then we're at the Leary house and Dawson comes in yeah. and Gail's like, how was school? And she, he, she like tries to make space for him to talk about Andy and yeah. then she's or Abby and she's like, anyways, um, <laughs> I know you're doing the lobby. You know that piece I did on the girls that uh-huh. won an award and I got a job offer in Philly. <laughs> Okay. And Dawson's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, are you going to take it? Well, he's like, so he's like, I want to say, first of all, Gail Uh is a fucking rock star. Like, Gail is great at her job over and over again with, like, little to no recognition from anyone around her at how good she is at her job. Totally. Um, Also, this segment featured Aunt Abby, if you'll recall. Um, Yes, I know. So weird that she doesn't mention her at all. Um, And like at first when she says she won an award, Dawson is like really enthusiastic and congratulatory. He's like, oh, my God, that's so great, mom. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. And then when she says she's offered a job in Philadelphia, he his demeanor changes on a dime. Like, yeah, changes entirely. Totally. And. It's like there's a part of me that gets it, like gets you don't want your mom to move to Philadelphia. And he's kind of like, I don't want to move to Philadelphia. <laughs> like, hello? Yeah. And then Gail's like, yeah, no, 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 no. Of course, I'm yeah. going to make you move in the middle of high school. Like right. Mitch would come back and live here and then I would come back as much as I could. Right. And again, like we don't understand geography of that area. So we don't know how far it is. And is there an airport nearby? I'm not really sure, but like, okay. Okay. And why do people on the East coast, you have trains. Why would you fly? Well, it's really far. I know, it's like but those trains hours are by, so great. Like four hours by train from Boston to New York. And then like another two hours 90, to Philly. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like six hours by train. I know, but trains are so lovely and I love them so much and I miss them. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to sit on a train and read my book and drink wine. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just needed a second. Um, I know. <laughs> just needed well, a second to reminisce, still open. reminisce about my old life, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like technically still open, but you have to like go in a full hazmat suit. Yeah, I'm not think. doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sit on a porch and drink. Yeah. Not even w- wine. I'll drink sparkling water. <laughs> uh, um. Although I did order a whiskey from a black-owned whiskey company. Oh, cool. So I'm We gonna... ordered a soda stream so we can have oh. all the sparkling water we want now. Nice. Yeah, Jen bought me one the other day. <laughs> oh. When it got extra hot, my boyfriend was like, we're getting one. I was like, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Highly recommend. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, that was a detour into real life. Um... <laughs> so... So, you know, Dawson's like, well, what about Mitch? Like, Yeah, you're he just- gets all extra. He's yeah. like, you're just going to give up on Mitch? And you're like, what is happening? Why is Dawson doing this? I like, do not Mitch know. Is dating other people. He's trying to move on. Yeah. Well, much like He's adults like- on this show keep trying to fucking put Dawson and Joey together. I know. What the fuck is Dawson doing? I mean, I get it a little more with him that he's trying to get his parents back, parents together. back together. Yeah, yeah, totally. But also, like, read the room, Dawson. Your dad is, like, dating someone else. No, that's the thing is, like, it's it's hard because, again, yeah, like, I my parents are married, so I can't relate. But mm-hmm. I also could imagine wanting your parents to get back together, sure. or in that same way, Joey's like childishly fantasizing about her mom coming back. Dawson's like childishly fantasizing about his parents like getting back together. You right. know, 
But so like, possibly he shouldn't judge Joey about that. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, but it, it's kind of hard because uh, he's so like gung ho about that idea, mm-hmm. like her romantic life and her relationship yeah. and less so about her career, which is like the opposite of his personal goals. Agreed. Agreed. Like, you know, like his goal is so career based. Yeah. So it's so interesting that he can't understand why Gail's is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think so often Dawson puts his mom in the like woman category. Absolutely. And, and you know, not really realizing what a fucking rock star she is, even as yeah, he congratulates he, her. He's super, he's been super salty to his dad this whole season about his dad not having a job, right, you know, right. and like not having any um, career ambition mm-hmm. in Dawson's eyes. And so when his mom has it, he's salty as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's really interesting. It, it just feels really sexist. <laughs> it does. It feels that to me too. It feels yeah. that to me too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So Jen, then we go over to Jen. Yeah. And she's back in bed. Yeah. Back in bed, just like at the beginning of season two. Yep. Grams comes in and again is like, I'm worried about you. And Jen's like, nope, I'm just tired. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) And Grams, (laughs) like Grams is what Jen wants. Grams admits she didn't really care for Abby. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like, I always felt like Abby was mocking me. And Jen (laughs) kind of laughs and is like, don't worry. Uh, she mocked everyone. She was mocking you, and she mocked everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they they're being honest with each other, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and but then Grams takes yep, a turn. Yep, she starts in on the God stuff. Yeah, and she really wants Graham. Grams really wants Jen to turn to God, uh, and Jen is like, "Nah, nope. that's not going to help me. Yeah. Like, that's just not going to help me." And so then they have this total, you know, chasm between them of like, right. that's would help you. And I want that for you. But that that turning to God, it's not going to help Jen. Not at all. And Jen's and Jen's like, you know, listen, if God had a plan for Abby, like she's Abby certainly wasn't following it. And and Grams is like, you know, God has a plan for all of us. And Jen's just like. I don't want to talk about this right now. Like, yeah, like I don't need a, to get into this. Well, it's just like this is a hard sell to, you know, millennials of like, yeah, yeah no, no. God was planning on your 15 year old friend to drown while drinking champagne in front of your eyes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, OK, like, I know that gives you comfort, but like that is a lot to swallow for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't really give me comfort that there's some kind of larger plan that I had to go through this insane trauma on top of the trauma I've already gone through. Well, and also then like, so Abby's death is only a vehicle for my own growth. Like mm-hmm. the fact that this is a daughter of, you know, two parents and that this is someone mm-hmm. that like presumably had people that loved her, even, even if she was a nightmare, yeah. You know, she definitely had people that loved her, like, that she's only a vehicle for my growth, not, yeah. like, what the fuck about her? Yeah. You know, and I think that's it, right, is that, like, I think, I mean, looking at what moment we're in right now, looking around and not seeing other people as your vehicle for growth is such mm-hmm. a distinct part of how I think we as a society need to grow, Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, 
uh, yeah. So I think it was, I, I don't know, I thought this episode was really timely for us to be watching right now. <laughs> Completely. <Yeah. laughs> um, well, also just like in this current moment, like you're seeing a lot of Christian people being like, we just need love. We yeah. just need love, yeah. you know? And you're like, okay, but like, how are you going to correct the behavior of people being murdered in the streets by the state and dismantle the, these systems of autocracy of authority mm-hmm. of power you yeah know, like dismantle all these systems when you're involved in a system of power yeah and and you know not everyone but a lot of of these folks that i'm seeing and reading mm-hmm. and that's by no means everyone um are unwilling to engage in looking at Christianity's own sort of implications in these systems of power, particularly in white supremacy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, why aren't more people speaking up about that fucking hideous display of Trump holding up a Bible? You know, God. Oh, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm with you. That was, that was horrifying. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Pacey then and Andy are like hanging at out at a cafe at a cafe. Like I think it's at Molly's market. There was like a oh, sign for okay. Molly's market. And apparently there's a coffee. There's coffee okay. in the market. It seems like okay. a cool market. I feel like I'd really dig it. I know. <laughs> Good job, Molly's Market. Again, remember, owned by a black woman. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Casey and Andy are hella woke, okay? Okay. <laughs> Shopping at black-owned businesses in 1999. Good job, guys. Yeah. Um, Casey's, like, shook that Jen shook. accused Andy of being to blame f- for Abby's death. Like, he just is like, I cannot believe he said that to you. <laughs> and, like, rightfully so. I, I can't like, either. what a good fucking boyfriend. Right? And, and like, Pacey kind of lays it down. Pacey's yeah. like, Abby Morgan was a hideous person. Yeah. And you bent over backwards to be nice to her. And, like, then he says something I don't love, which is, you shouldn't be taking this that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy kind of pushes back on him. And she's like, you know, you don't tell me how I should be feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I, she's like, if I'm upset, I'm upset. If I feel guilty, I feel guilty. Those are valid feelings. Yeah. And then Pacey, like, immediately apologizes and says yeah, she's Yeah, and right. validates her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just like, look, I'm sorry. I just didn't, I don't want to see you upset. Yeah. So I didn't mean it, like you can't feel any way that you want to feel. I just, I'm worried about you getting upset about this. Right. Right. I really love that. I love that little moment between them. Yeah, completely. Cause I think Um, it's so like, it's so adult. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) The most adult of any relationship we're looking at right now. Totally. (laughs) I know they like completely give each other space and like let each other like course correct, you know, because it's like he's he's not lying. He's not appeasing her. He's like, okay, that isn't what I meant. I'm not saying you can't be upset about this. I'm just I'm I'm worried about you, you know, Um, and that that is more what I meant. I wasn't trying to fulfill the patriarchy of a man telling a woman what to do or what to feel or how to think. Yeah, 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 totally. Totally. And so they sit down to eat their snacks. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's Abby's mom. Mm -hmm. 
Because in that episode, when Gail did the piece on them, you know, Abby's mom gave Andy a ride home. Yeah, exactly. Also, this actress is different than the one that gave her a ride home. I know. I was thinking that. Jen thought it was Linda Hamilton from my friend, my friend Jen, who I'm staying with, um, thought it was Linda Hamilton from Terminator. I was like, it's not. It just looks like her. Definitely not. It does look like her, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, Andy... Abby, like, sees Andy. Abby's mom, yeah. Abby's mom, I'm sorry, sees Andy. And then, like, Abby's like, you know, Andy talked, or Abby talked, like, a bunch about you. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you know, are you coming to the funeral? And Abby's like, oh, yeah. And then she's like. And then her mom, yeah. Abby's mom is like, look, I didn't really know that many of her friends. So would you give a eulogy? <laughs> Uh, how extra is that? Oh, God. That's, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot in a lot of levels because it's kind of wild that, like, even in high school, your mom wouldn't know, like, a few of your friends. Right, yeah. You know? Like, to me, like, I feel like this highlighted so much of, like, how of Abby's loneliness like you know like her mom didn't even give a fuck to know who any of her friends were you know right yeah it's hard for me to understand because like I had a house that like everyone was always welcome in and so a lot of people would congregate at my house my mom knew like all of my friends um and like knew their snack choices and would buy them at the market you know and like yeah um, but like I mean I didn't have a house like that but my parents still knew who like right a number of my friends right were, I was gonna you know. say I know your house was different but like yeah. you know I think your parents still knew your friends yeah like it at least would have known who would give a eulogy at my fucking funeral right, right. <laughs> yeah. um not be like hey you what's your name I yeah. gave you a ride home once I met yeah, you well, one time yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, my daughter talked about you a lot. Yeah. 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 So um, would you want to give a eulogy? That is right. like, so fucked up. That's it's crazy. It's fucking wild. It is, it is. And because of Andy, who she is, yeah. she has to say yes. She's like, yeah, sure. I'll say something. She's like, okay. Uh. <laughs> and then Abby's mom leaves and Andy's like, what the fuck did I just sign up for? <laughs> Yikes what the fuck and like i get it like how do you say no to a grieving mother like i I mean i I totally get that like i think anyone in that position would be like yeah of course course. oh my god yeah like you there that's why it's so extra you can't put some a 16 year old girl in the spot spot? like that i know i know oh my god so then we like move over to pacey and andy like walking down the street in the pouring rain this is like a different it's maybe in the next day yeah or something and they're like you know pacey's like you don't have to give this eulogy i don't know (laughs) this is a good idea you know and And andy's like like, i definitely have to like come on like i said i would you know but like and i think a little bit like andy knows no one else will do it i think andy knows that and i also like i gotta respect andy's like like her inner like um moral compass because Mm -hmm. like she's like i have to say something truthful like she's very much like i am not gonna lie about abby yeah yeah. But also I want to honor her memory. And so like yeah. I actually really fucking love this and respect it. And she, in and you know, no it's like very like it's like kismet that 
Abby's mom happened to see Andy like the only person who could actually give a eulogy would be Andy yeah she's the most positive person but also like she's not a liar she's very true to herself you know she like you're right she has a very distinct moral compass you know yeah and she's like you know she sort of tells us that she feels like she has to do this partially because she will always remember the nice things people said at her brother's funeral. Yeah. And I'm like, man, the women on this show have been through so much. Yeah. Like every woman are ringer. And like the fact that they're all like <laughs> relatively normal people on the other side is pretty. Insane. Yeah. Um, and also it's like the way the show represents it is that like, all the women have to do all of the emotional heavy all lifting. It. All of it. Yeah. So because P- Pacey also could give a eulogy. He has. Yeah, but he's going to be honest. But he has a moral compass. So I think and he he's could funny. find yeah. he could find a way yeah. to do it as well. But he's like, nah, nah, I'm not doing I'm, that. Shit. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You know, um, he will at some point offer to do it. I will say right, in this right. episode, but I, but I'm hearing you and I think you're right. Um, and so Paisley and Andy arrive at this nice ass house. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to sit on that porch. Um, I know. And Pacey's kind of like, I was expecting a Gothic castle with like <laughs> gargoyles and like shit, shit staring down at me. <laughs> yeah. And, and Andy's like, I've never, I'm realizing I've never been here before, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you know, Andy's just like, I want to see Abby's room. It's going to help I want, me. It's going to help me, like, connect to her and find something to say. So, so they, like, bust in. What are they doing there? They go, they, like, bring flowers. Also, the music cue right here is supposed to be this song called Whatever Makes You Happy, uh-huh. which is by Paul Westerberg, who is the frontman for The Replacements, um, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh the replacements sing the song Can't Hardly Wait um, yeah. that the movie is titled after. Fucking great band from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, anyway. So uh, over, so then so they just go in and like at the music cue. So the, is it like a wake or something? I don't think like so. I don't, how do they just bust into the Morgan household? Well, it's just the doors open. I don't okay. know. Okay. No know. one else is there. Like that's no just one's super there. Weird. There's just flowers everywhere. There's just flowers everywhere. No yeah. one's there. They just walk in and just like walk straight up to Abby's room. Which yeah. like, how do they know which one? It's a pretty big house. How would they know which room was her? I mean, yeah. obviously you would open all the doors and you could tell, but like, yeah, it, it was a little. It was a lot to wrap my head around. But yeah. okay, okay. Well, so so before they go into Abby's room, so this music cue, this Paul Westerberg music cue goes, and then we go to the dock, and Jen is sitting at oh, the yeah. dock where Abby died. And there are, like, flowers everywhere, and Jen is drinking whiskey from a bottle. (laughs) And she, like, stands and throws the empty bottle on the docks, and, like, Jen's not doing great. No. Not doing great. I don't get the idea she's, like, contemplating suicide at that moment. Yeah, like, she's, she is in a bad place, Jen is. Yeah. So then we go back into Abby's room. and (laughs) Yeah. And Pacey's, like, hella creeped out. And Pacey's kind of like, I bet her mom thinks I'm trying to get lucky right now. Like, this is fucking creepy. Can we get out of here? (laughs) Okay, Aaron. And Andy finds Abby's diary. And Pacey understands the social contract about Uh, diaries. Yeah, he does. And he's like, people's privacy deserve, like, people deserve their privacy even in death. 
he he is a good guy. Yeah. This uh-huh. is why I love Pacey. Hey, I agree. It with reinforces you. my initial point from the beginning of the season <laughs> that everyone knows this. Yeah. Everyone knows that mm-hmm. there is a social contract about diaries. Mm-hmm. However, Andy, a little less, little less firm on that. He is like a Dawson. Uh huh. Which like. You know, they had a lot of fun hanging out, singing some jazz. They have a good connection, you know? So maybe thank you. that's a Thank l- you for reminding me of the jazz. I had forgotten. Maybe this is a little insight into, like, why, you know, Andy, or sorry, Pacey is connected to Andy, too. Uh-huh. She's very similar to Dawson. Yeah, yeah, she is. And um, she's kind of like, I just want to be able to give a eulogy that does her character justice. Mm. And like reading her diary will um, do that. She's just like, I'm in the research phase. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in the research phase. (laughs) Amazing. So she starts reading it and lo and behold, it's awful. Yeah, she opens up a page and it's just like, Jen's a slut. She stole my boyfriend. I guess presumably that Vincent guy that like sexually assaulted Jen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, that one. Yeah. When she like turns a page and like. She's talking shit on her, on um, Abby's talking shit on her mom. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, Andy turns the page and she's like, oh, it's about me. Oh. (laughs) It's not nice. You know, just like fucked up, like. That stupid new girl, Andy, yeah. like, I hate her. Yeah. She's so annoying. Yeah. And then her boyfriend and Pacey's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't nah. need to hear this. I don't need to hear what, you know, fucking Abby Morgan thinks about me. You know, yeah. Pacey's always been like that. He's like, yeah. why would we trust in Abby Morgan? What are we fucking doing? Why are we right. spilling our secrets in front of her? Like, yeah. he, he has boundaries. with. He knows. Um, he knows that Abby Morgan is not to be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> he also doesn't care what Abby thinks about him. Like right. he's he's said that a few times, you know. So he's yeah. just like we're, we're done here. We don't need to be, keep reading her diary. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Um so then we go to school where Dawson is like going in to see Mitch and he's yeah. like Dawson's like down. You know, he's like he's he seems down and Mitch kind of is like, "Hey, you know, I know, like, the first couple of times that, like, I dealt with death, it's, like, it's so hard, and it, like, really, like, kind of puts your life into perspective, and, like, you know, you gotta just, like, grab onto the people you love and never let go. And then Mitch Dawson's has, like, like, misread this situation. Yeah, Dawson's like, huh. huh, I came here to talk about mom moving to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard at I that. Know, I know, <laughs> Because then Mitch was, like, he's, like, shook, because oh. he thought he was gonna have a different conversation with his son and he's like oh um i guess i'll call her and congratulate her Mm -hmm. and dawson's like you're just gonna let her walk out of your life and then he's like you grab onto those you love huh and he like storms out of the what is this it's like him trying to be like hey hey mitch like go get gail back she's like waiting for you she's ready buddy prepped and ready I mean, again, we've been talking like this second half of the season about how like they Mitch and Gail don't communicate at all. At all. Yeah. Like she's considering moving. And they haven't had a conversation about Mitch, it. the primary caregiver of yeah. Dawson, having Mitch. He'd have to give up his lease. He'd have yeah. to move back into the house, you yeah. know, so like she's going to have to make some pretty significant requests of Mitch. Not to say that Mitch wouldn't do it. I completely believe that he would. Sure. But like this is a thing that she's re- her plan relies on Mitch 
Right. To make some changes to Mitch's plan. <laughs> right. Right. And she hasn't even like called him to be like, hey, hey, when's your lease up? Would you consider moving in back into the house? Like, you know, like I, I potentially have this job offer. Also, that might right. change the like the dynamic of their alimony, their like, you know, financial separation, you right. know, like I, it's it. it, it it, to me, you're like, Dawson, aren't you seeing your parents don't even talk anymore? Like, don't talk at all. Yeah. So what's... Uh, it's hard. Yeah, what do you think I is agree, here to salvage? I completely agree that there would be an instinct to want to get your parents back together. I completely right. agree with that. But like... Sure. Then you're just like... Well, they want... They are going to have to want to get back together. Not just you wanting them to get back together. Right. It's really interesting. So, I, I just don't know what the writers are doing with this. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's showing Dawson, like, his desire to have his parents back together. But Mitch and Gail are definitely not on a trajectory that says we're getting back together. Yeah. You know. And it's like, it's like also trying to sympathize us to Gail. Mm-hmm. You know, when they've like previously tried, like they She's kind of the flip slut. flop on, yeah. yeah, on like how we're exactly we're supposed to feel about Gail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, really so weird. We, it's, yeah. So we go over to the ice house. And yeah. And Jack just comes up to Joan. He's like, hey, girl, what's going on with you and Dawson? <laughs> and Joey's like, nothing, nothing. Yeah. There's so much going on. We don't need to complicate it with anything. And Jack's like, I mean, that kiss didn't look like nothing, girl. <laughs> like, come on. And they're really cute. They're still being friends. They're so such good friends. They can be friends while she's potentially, like, pursuing something with Dawson. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I just like what I really like came away with from this scene is like how comfortable Joey is around Jack. Yes. I feel like we see her and her personality in a way that we don't see with almost anyone else. Like we see it with Dawson every once in a while. Right. But even that, because their relationship is so complicated, like the kind of the only person right now we see it with is Jack. I feel yeah. like we did see it with Pacey in the um, episode in season one where they go snail hunting. Right. Like she Double kind date. of lets up and loosens up a bit. Yeah. But like almost none, no other time do we see her really like loose Being and kind of like. Uh -huh. and, yeah. Without a complete guard up or even a slight guard up. You right. Know? And Jack's like, you know, well, like what about otherwise? Like, how are you feeling otherwise? And again, these two characters are two characters that have lost someone very close to them. Absolutely. And like, get it. And they can yeah. have this conversation. And so they're like, you know, Joey's kind of like, I got a lot on my mind about this lately. Like, you know, and she's like, how are you? Yeah, no, that was so sweet. <laughs> I know. I loved it. <laughs> and Jack is just like, you know, it's so wild. I can't stop thinking about it. But uh -huh. like, I kissed Abby Morgan at Dawson's I'm birthday party. Probably the last person that kissed Abby Morgan. Yeah, I, I would. I would venture a bet that that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Joey is <laughs> like, "Well, at least she went out with a bang." <laughs> I laughed out loud I at know. that. And Joey, like, see, this is where I love them because Katie Holmes, like, it's so like she's so natural and like having so much fun and her jaw just drops. She, I know. She, and Joey's she, like, 
She can't believe she's being so cold. Like she was like, whoa. Joey's like, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> and then they just start busting up laughing. Yeah. It's like the m- most fun we've actually seen her have with any of the characters, I think. Yeah. And I just think like, like you don't see her and Dawson like cracking up like that. No, never. Never. Their relationship is so serious all the time. Yeah. And I just love that, like, I always love these, like, funny moments or these breaks in serious times because I think that's so true to life. Yeah. That there are so often these moments, like, even when it's so sad, you're in such a sad place. Yeah. There are these moments that you just all crack up laughing. And, you know, I mean, like... I could name a bunch of them right now, but like, I just think, I just love that. And I think the two of them, because they both understand like the depths of pain, you are able to feel when you lose someone too young and when you lose someone that close to you, um, you know. Also, they, I feel like Joey is really snarky naturally so that's where that came from yeah totally being a little bit snarky and then she was like oh Oh, in this moment you know (laughs) yeah but because jack actually knows her really well she didn't have to feel like she could have to explain herself or like i'm not a bad person yeah yeah. Yeah, like they could just bust up about it like holy shit and they're not laughing at abby they're laughing at this like moment yeah 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 Totally. And it's like, it's really sweet. It's, yeah. It was really cute. I agree. I agree. I loved it. Um, so then we go over to the film lab and Dawson yeah. is like recutting his movie and he's watching this scene with Abby. Yeah. Um, and Pacey comes in. Yeah. He's kind of like, hey, man, your mom said you would be here. And like, I kind of want to get advice on this Andy situation, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because he's like, you know, Abby's mom asked Andy to give a eulogy. And mm-hmm. Dawson's quite rightly is like, how do you say something nice about a girl who rode to school on a broomstick? Yeah. I mean, partially I'm like, do not be smirt witches in such a way. Yeah. Dawson. <laughs> but also yeah. I get it. And, and Pacey sort of admits that he's really trying to make sure that Andy is not being subjected to things that are going to have a serious impact on her emotional well-being. Yeah. Which he's like, I don't have any control over things like this. And I'm like, yeah, Pacey, you don't. Like, I know. Know that they have a very hard dynamic, you yeah. know, because he is genuinely concerned about her he, mental health. Yeah, because, you know, she was so traumatized by the elect in the election episode, yeah. you know, and he doesn't he wants to help her and, you know, guide her. But. Right. You know, these are these are situations that are really hard. Like in any relationship, you know what triggers people and, sure. you know, um, and so y- you want to make an effort to, you know, acknowledge those triggers and like yeah. not poke at them. Yeah. So it's it's super hard. And I I do like that he's like seeking advice. It's just yeah. interesting because Dawson doesn't help. He doesn't at all. No, he doesn't at all because. He just goes back. Pacey kind of like reveals what's on his chest. Yeah. And then Dawson just goes back to watching Abby being in the movie. Right. And and Pacey kind of says to Dawson then like must be surreal editing a movie where one of the leading ladies is like dead. Yeah. And Dawson like hits play on this scene where 
Abby, like, Abby does the scene and then she breaks because, like, presumably Rachel Lee Cook's character has food in her teeth. teeth. Yeah. And they kind of... So we're supposed to be like, oh, see, Abby was a bitch, you know? (laughs) It's super weird. It's very weird. It's, yeah, there's no real, there's no real ending to that scene. Um, You know, Pacey does come to him to just say, and I don't know if it's just that Pacey needed to get it off his chest, Mm -hmm. but, like, Dawson does not offer any advice. Right. Yeah, no, totally. Which is what Pacey flat out was looking for. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, their friendship is interesting. The, I mean... Yeah, the way... Yeah. Yeah. Because we've already know that what Dawson thinks of it. Right. <laughs> he's... he's Pacey is there to make Dawson make feel Dawson better. Make Dawson feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Jen comes in for dinner and like Grams At is Grams cooking. House, yeah. And Grams is like, Woo, you're drunk. <laughs> I was so happy that a show acknowledged that people smell like alcohol when they've yes. been drinking. Because I feel like so often that is and not acknowledged. Like, completely get away with it. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Yeah. And and Grams is like, have you been drinking? And Jen's like, not only have I been drinking, but I am I'm drunk. drunk. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. Because um, she's clearly, like, pushing boundaries and spinning, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and like, Grams is like, you know, Jen, you can't mask your pain with alcohol. Like, you need to feel this. And mm-hmm. drinking's gonna only going to make it worse. And then Jen's like, worse than what? I know. <sighs> damn and And again grams wants jen to turn to god yeah yeah and jen's spinning and doesn't she doesn't find comfort in god and this is really hard because like she's maintained this the whole time to grams right that that doesn't give her solace you know and and grams is effort is to just like hammer it into her not to like reframe it like she's not trying to like right it's interesting. She's definitely not proselytizing her, you know, or no. using any tactics. She was like, turn to God, turn to God, turn to God. And Jen's just like, fuck you. I'm all alone. <laughs> yeah. You don't even want me to be who I am, right. you know? Um, well, and you're like gaslighting about me about what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And Grams is like, you know, you have to believe Abby's in God, God's hands. There's like a special ch- place in his kingdom for children. And Jen's just kind of like, what? He's got a fucking condo in Maui for dead kids. Like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. And like, so my thing is like, I really related to Jen so deeply in this moment because mm-hmm. I think teenage me would have been almost exactly this person. Absolutely. Um, I definitely was a teenager that like when I was in pain, I raged against things. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in a lot of pain as a teenager. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Jen kind of is like, fuck you, like, keep this shit. There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no yeah. peace. Like, you know, so the thing that's like the paradox is like, you only find solace in heaven if you actually believe in heaven. Right. <laughs> so right. if you don't believe that heaven exists, it's not going to give you comfort. Right. And you can't fabricate that belief. Right. Yeah. And and she's Jen just says, like, the only truth that I know is pain. And yeah. she's like, you know, so keep God. your Sunday school fa- fables because they make me want to puke. And like, I, I mean, I actually think that that's probably true that 
all yeah. that all Jen knows is really is pain, particularly right now when she's like, I mean, if we just think about for Jen's past year that she was like kicked out of her parents' house, yes. made to live with her grandmother. She had this neighbor that like tried to date her and then like told her she was a slut. Yeah. And then like and then like ostracized her from the friend group she was trying to get into. Right. And then like this girl down the creek is like shitty to her at every turn. Except yeah. recently has kind of made a turn. But not well, yeah, totally. They they're not friends. An abusive relationship. They're not friends. Sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes there's a little love. Sometimes there's not. Like totally. it's, a, it's, a it's very, very yeah unhealthy. It's very unstable and unhealthy. She knows she had a great time with Jack, but you know, doesn't seem like they're hanging out at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, Jack didn't include her in the wedding. In the wedding, so like. What the fuck does Jen have going on? Like, the only person that would hang out with her was Abby Morgan, and she fucking hit her head and fell into a uh, yeah into a river or whatever that place is. Um, and she thought she was finding peace with her grams, and she's flat out telling her grams, like, I'm in pain. I don't think that there's anything good in the world. And her grams is like, God, just find God. And she's like, I've already told you, like, I don't believe that. It doesn't give me solace. Like, there's nothing else you can ha- you can right. provide me. Right. Right. Assume, presumably someone with real world experience who has, like, recently lost a husband. Yeah. And, you know. Like, Graham doesn't even give the most generic advice of, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It'll get she's better. She's like, God has a plan, you know. <sighs> it's like, okay, you believe that. And I, I'm, I'm. I support you in believing that, but like, I don't believe that. So what else do you have to offer me to give me solace and peace during this moment? Right. So instead of that, what happens (laughs) is that Graham's fucking comes at Jen and is like, you know, starts kind of yelling and is like, does it give you so much pleasure to shock and offend me? And she's like, you know, I'm trying to be understanding, but you insist on breaking my rules and polluting my house with your disrespectful blasphemy fuck that and Jen's like I guess you're sick of me now huh like I guess your infinite patience isn't as infinite as we thought it was and and Jen kind of is like if I can't be myself and speak my mind maybe I should just move out and she like fucking storms off to her room yeah and Graham's just like weirdly shook at that suggestion yeah yeah she is I mean we get a little insight into like the way Jen's mom was raised uh-huh. And maybe the way that, that Jen's mom is. Yeah. As a result, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. And, like, I mean, first thing I want to say is, like, Mary Beth Peel plays Grams and Michelle Williams can act fucking circles around many other characters on this show. Yeah. They're amazing together i mean this scene was incredible you know and 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 just like jen is in so much like a visceral pain like i felt like i could feel it i could yeah yeah. like i said it brought me directly back to my teenage years where like i would do shit like this you know and so like there's this part of me like i said that relates to jen in that way because like she's like i'm in a ton of pain and thus i'm gonna lash out at you um Mm -hmm. And, like, instead of shifting to meet Jen's needs, Grams is like, no, here's God. I'm going to give you God. This, this, yeah, this. Yeah, she just doubles down. And, and like, it's, 
Uh, I know that's like a thing with with Christianity, like missionary work and like bringing people into the religion and stuff like that. But like this feels fucking oppressive at this point. Yeah. Like she's completely gaslighting her. It's like, oh, yeah, your trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God. Right. (laughs) And it's it's horrible. And like so there's this part of me that like I get that like Jen knows that this is where she can sort of stick a dagger in. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, that's where she can really hurt Grams is, like, in that place. And I think think she knows that, and I think she does it. um, Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, again, I agree with you. I was definitely brought back to being a teenager, like, feeling exactly like (laughs) Jen, where you're in pain and you need something from your parents, and they won't... Not only do they... Will they... They can't give it to you. They won't give it to you. Yeah, you know, yeah. they won't even attempt to like course correct or do anything, yeah. which then just makes you feel more alone and more in pain, you know, yeah. and lash out even more because you're like, I hurt, then you're going to hurt because it's your fault, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. Like, topics would be different, but uh, this looks exactly like a fight that I had over and over Absolutely. again with my father. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I just, again, the, those two, I mean, what a, they're great. I mean, it's a hard scene to watch, but they're great in it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it's hard. I feel like the hardest part for me, or at least during this watch, yeah. was that, like, we saw new Grams pop up yeah. the past couple of times. Yeah. And then we circled back to old Grams. We sort of got and, slapped like, back into old Grams. Like, ah, I hate old Grams. <laughs> fuck her, you know? Like, fuck yeah. that. Yeah. Ugh. You gonna God. say something shitty about Bodie now too? Like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, so then we go to the Potters, and Mike and Joey are like eating breakfast, and actually, like Mike's eating breakfast, mm-hmm. and Joey is just kind of sitting there looking at her food, <laughs> and Mike's kind of like, you know, what what are you thinking about? And this is where Joey's kind of like, you know, I've been trying to remember mom, and I like cannot get a clear picture of her in my head. She's like, you know, it feels like she's slowly fading away from me. Yeah, and it feels scary to her. Yeah. And Mike's like, you know, when I was in prison, like, I missed your mom so much. And, like, the loss combined with the guilt was, like, a lot. And he's like, you know, now that I'm here, I see you. And, like, she's still here because you're so much like her. Um, And he kind of gives this whole speech where he's like, you know, she she was tough and independent and funny in the exact same ways you're funny. She was stubborn. Um, and he's like, you know, she's not gone. She lives on in you. And that comforts me to no end. And like right around there is where I started crying. <laughs> I, I knew I was like, Julia's crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, fuck this guy. I don't know. It really bothered me the way he framed it about him. I hear you. I, I like don't disagree with that. Yeah. Definitely. But also it did. It did. Get no, me. totally. Yeah. 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 I, I know <laughs> that the first time I watched this, I definitely cried at that. Yeah. But like now it's like he frames it about him yeah first of all yeah and he's also trying to rewrite the narrative of his relationship with joey's mom right we know that he just like fucked around Mm -hmm. let her die kind of alone and in pain Mm -hmm. and also wasn't there for his his daughters right right, right. yeah and he's trying to be like uh you know like remember you know and and it's like kind of like this parallel to like 
the way that the town is reacting to Andy's or sorry, Abby's death, right. you know, where they're like rewriting the history of it. Yeah. And it, it, it's hard to see it in this way with Mr. Potter and Joey, you know? Yeah. I no, I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a way in which there's a sort of comfort taken, um, I know for just from my own experience, like mm-hmm. there are times where my father comes out of my mouth and, and you know, there's, yeah. I, I feel comfort in that. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's shocking and I'm like, oh my God, that was so my bad. <laughs> but like, but there is a comfort in that too. And like, I've had people, um, I do, I do a look with uh, over the top of my glasses that my father used to do. And I was with someone mm-hmm. who didn't know me that well, but knew my dad really well and was like, oh my God, you do the same look. And like there was, mm-hmm. there's a comfort in that, right? Like, um, yeah. And so I get that, and I get that, like for Joey, hearing that might be a comfort. But also, you know, I am a person who got to know my dad for a lot longer than Joey got to know her mom. So it's yeah. like I, I know that those are his traits. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I, I mean, I can only imagine that it's so much different when like those are not traits that you necessarily were aware of or were right. Um, no, she was still for. a kid yeah. too. So like. She, you know, her traits were, she's still coming into her own, like, you know, different idiosyncrasies, totally. whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Glad I'm not alone. It's been, a, today. it's been a time. It's been a time. It's been a time. Um, yeah. So anyway, so then we go to the beach um, and Pacey and Andy are like walking down the beach. Yeah. And Andy's, Andy's kind of like freaking out about giving the eulogy and Pacey's trying to help her and he's like look I'll give the speech (laughs) and she's like she can't believe she's like I can't believe you would do that for me yeah and he's like I would do anything for you Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it's sweet and they have this real moment where he's like, I just don't want you to like, she, she, he kind of is like, I would do anything for you to not have a mental breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And Auntie <laughs> is like, I'm not going to have a mental breakdown. We can't. And she's like, we can't have this dynamic. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't always be trying to save me. Like, I don't, we can't have that, you know? Right. And this has been something, you know, I've been talking about where it's like, He's trying to navigate how to handle her mental health, you yeah. know, uh-huh. which is hard because it, it's a little bit different. We don't have necessarily the tools set up in our society to know, you know, versus like if it was a physical health. Yeah. You know, and she lays out, she's like, yeah, if I'm drowning in the ocean, you have to save me. Right. But like, but like this, I need to, I really need to save myself. Yeah. And you can be there for me. And like, it's such a deep, interesting conversation to like, be having on a teen show. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like, Pacey sort of has this, this hero complex that like, yeah, and not necessarily in a bad way, right? Like, no, no. I mean, he's already laid out his life goal is to be a good person. Right. So and, to him, it's like, I don't, I love you. I don't want you to be in pain. Like, that's to me makes sense in terms of being a good person is trying to prevent you from being in pain, you know? Right. And And then she's acknowledging the more complexity of it of like, yeah, but it would feel really painful to me to have a really unhealthy dynamic with you. Right. Right. And she says like, 
his need to save or he uh, sort of like his need to save her and then and to protect her and to make sure she's not being put into position positions that strain her mental health is like it's kind of naive like Mm -hmm. we um so I, i haven't talked about this at all on the show but like a few years ago you know this but my mom attempted suicide and like So I really, I actually really felt a kinship to Pacey in this moment because I think so much of the work that I've had to do since then is to think about, like, just how, like, my method of communication with my mom has had to be really open. But also I have to, I also have had to come to the point where I understand that, like, I cannot save someone. Right. Like, I, it's not, like... I can look out for signs and I can like be, you know, we talk and I can be aware of where her mental health might be on any given day, but she is also doing that and doing that work. And like the bottle, the battle is sort of with her and I'm just there for support. And I think that's where Pacey is too, where like Mm -hmm. where, and I think he's just young. So it's like, he's like, I want to protect you from all of this. I want to protect you from all of this. Yeah. Which is something like I understand on such a deep level. But, like, Andy, Andy's kind of like, but you can't, like... Right. Shit no, exactly. happens, and you can't. Exactly. And also, just with these situations, like, you know, if you're struggling with your mental health, you have to work on your own ground rules, your own boundaries, yeah. your own coping skills. Yeah. And then you have to be with a partner who creates a safe space for you to lay out those coping skills yeah. and assist you, not save you you know, and create like more of a partnership within that. And we, we kind of, it's kind of like how Jack is, like how he's more standoffish and he's kind of like, he, when he's needed, he's there, he steps in and like, you know, he, you can just see he has more experience and more, um, understanding of how to handle these situations. Um, but he tends to be a little bit more hands off with his mom and with his sister. Right. And like, he just, that's just an experience level. And, yeah. and, and Andy's trying to guide Pacey of like, look, no, he, yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I've got to do this, but I need yeah. you there next to me. You can't yeah. do it for me, but I need you there next to me. Right. Um, so then we cut over to the funeral and there's this like great picture of Abby looking like it's like a school photo and she's like got a yeah. little beret uh, like a barrette and like is like v- looking very like um you know not like Abby. Yeah. Um the music cue is supposed to be Magic by Ben Folds 5. So just like great kind of um 90s funeral music. Folds <laughs> 5. <laughs> Isn't that what Ben Folds was playing um, when Jen breaks up with Dawson? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, like, so so we kind of, like, you know, it's a little bit montage yeah, like Casey and Andy like, are sitting in a pew. They're really cute. Mm-hmm. And Joey walks in and she sits with Dawson. Yeah. And, and then Grams walks in and she comes and she sits with Jen. Yeah. And she says she forgives Jen. Yeah. And Jen's like... <laughs> I don't need your forgiveness. I need your understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jen, like, Grams, no apology from Grams. Just a, like, I want you to let you know. I want to let you know I forgive you from last night. Fuck you. (laughs) 
And, you know, Jen's like, you've never been able to provide me with understanding. Like, which is, I think, kind of true. Yeah. Um, And Graham's like shook by this. Like, she's like, Well, I mean, it's just kind of like, well, I'm sure Jen knows she was being fucked up, you know? So it's like, I don't need forgiveness. Like, you know, like my behavior is like, is it even forgivable? Like, you know, like if she was, she was, you know, trying to hurt grams sure you know so it's like uh, i don't i just don't want you to forgive my bad behavior i want you to fucking understand me and where i'm coming from and like my pain and trauma like don't forget i was raped when i was 12 (laughs) my parents when they found out i was being sexually assaulted by an older man they just kicked me out and i haven't really talked to them since then yeah things seems like uh that would So I just need you to understand me that like, it's hard for me to imagine that God has a plan for all this fucking insane trauma I've been through. And this is the only trauma that she's revealed that we know. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Possibly there's more. Yeah. So um, the funeral starts and people are invited to share memories of Abby Morgan and no like one everyone gets looks up. around <laughs> like who's going to do it who's like gonna no do one it? does it and then Jen gets up yeah um do I wrote it wrote I wrote it down, the whole yeah. thing out well, okay. I don't necessarily have Let's to read see. the whole thing um so the beginning of it is um my name is Jen Lindley and I was friends with Abby as much as anyone could be because Abby had a toxic personality that bordered on radioactive. Abby could be cruel and Abby could be spiteful and Abby could certainly be petty. She spent her days mischievously stirring up trouble and creating calamity and generally taking pleasure in other people's pain. Which actually seems like a pretty accurate portrayal of Abby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then I, my note was like, then Jen harnesses her pain and throws it directly at Graham's. Um, uh-huh. I do think this part about God is really directed right at Graham's. I think Abby yeah. and her probably didn't really talk about God ever. Yeah. So she says, um, Jen says, you know, in Sunday school, they teach us that God made man in his image. Well, if God made Abby in his own image, then what does that say about God? God has always been such a mystery to me. I mean, what sort of deity creates a world that is so full of suffering and so full of tragedy? And, like, everyone starts, there's all this murmuring in the church, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and um, Jen says, tell you what, Abby taught me a lot. That girl taught me how to do a tequila shooter with one hand behind my back. (laughs) She taught me how to live my life according to my own set of values. Which, like, is that a skill? Uh, one hand? No, both hands. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's just taking a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, it was fine, fine, good note. <laughs> um, she taught me how to live my life according to my own set of values, and not just to follow the crowd in hopes of winning some phantom popularity contest. But most of all, what's most important that is that Abby taught me the sadistic nature of our God. And while that knowledge is disturbing, it's true and it's real. And in a world that is so saturated in phoniness and with lies, for that small amount, that little bit of honesty, I will always be grateful to her. I actually so, didn't think it was that bad. I, I don't think it's that bad. Okay. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, damn, Jen, whoa, okay. <laughs> but then... As watching it now, I'm mm-hmm. like, this. She actually says some really thoughtful things about Abby, like you know, yeah. and like it. 
it, it was it didn't make Abby out to be this horrible person, no. you know, because everyone in that room knows Abby. Right. Right. So they and- all know like that she was like wild kind of a straight shooter and had a tendency to get mean you know Mm -hmm. um and like what jen is saying is like that taught me to like be cool with who i am and like on this journey of my life i've never felt that way before i've never felt confident in who i am right and and like i think all of that part is great i think it's the god part that i'm like this kind of feels wrenched in like i don't think that that's I think that that is barbed at Graham's, you know, that that's like her being like, fuck you Uh um, to Graham's. That said, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like Graham's is the one who's hammering this into Jen. So obviously it's on her mind. Yeah. So like, I agree that it's barbed at at Graham's, but the way everyone starts murmuring about it or whatever, and you're like, okay, like, Again, it's a very maybe it's just like a New England thing where we don't I don't entirely understand like the religious element of this town, right, you know? Right, right. And like so it like pops in and out a little bit and yeah. we're just supposed to like run with it, like you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it's really hard to um, understand, you know? Yeah. Why everyone's like, oh, "How could she say all these things?" And you're like, yeah. "What? A 15-year-old girl saw her best friend die." Of course, she's going to have questions about God. Like, I just think that that would be totally natural. And any, like, Christ-like person would yeah. understand that, you yeah. know? agree. Like, again, not all Christians are Christ-like. Right. So, you know, I acknowledge that. But, like, yeah. it, it seems very authentic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also just wanted to make a note that a few years ago when Michelle Williams won a Golden Globe, um, uh-huh. Ira Madison III, who's at Ira on Twitter, um, jokingly said that this was the best speech Michelle Williams had given since Abby Morgan's funeral. And <laughs> that's amazing. It's one of my favorite things that's ever happened. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, like, I I do, I really love this speech. Like, I agree with you. I Like, I think it's at once honest about who Abby was, but also, like, honest about what Abby gave to Jen. Yeah. And, like, I do feel like it's, like, in this moment, I finally realize why Jen kept going back to Abby, even though yeah. Abby could be a really toxic, like, asshole sometimes. And, like, I think... I, I think I finally get that. Like, you know, I finally Yeah, it like really that. yields a little bit of authenticity to their relationship, definitely, you know? Definitely. Um, which I'm sure is something that Jen grappled with because she was like, always like, I don't really like her. I'm just yeah. hanging out with her because I can't hang out with like Dawson and company, you yeah. know? Yeah. Creek kids, you know? Yeah. And I think she even had to have her own personal reckoning within herself about that of like, totally. Was I even really her friend, you know? And yeah. like, you know, it just finding that space to where like Abby like was in her life and like where she will always be in her life, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So Jen like leaves the dais and like walks down back to her seat and then like Graham's fucking stands up in front of her in the aisle and like storms out of the church. Yeah. Fuck her. Again, that's not being Christ-like. When someone turns away from God, you're supposed to help them turn back, you know? Right, right, yeah. 
Um, so, but I mean, there's a part of me that's like, I get Graham's being mad, like that Jen has like thrown this at her, but like, I, but I also agree with you, you know, like, it's just hard for me to be like, oh, wow, that's so tragic that your 15 year old daughter who just saw her best friend die is lashing out at you. Right. No, no, no. I'm with you. Why don't you storm off? Like, that's just so immature and childish. And again, it's not being Christ-like. Right. No, I, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's like, ugh. It, it like, it made, it, again, it brought me back to season one, Grams, <laughs> and I was like, I fucking hate you. I hate you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so horrible. No, I like, agree. Like, she gets up and just storms, storms out. Like, storms out. Storms away from her, like, causing a scene. Yeah. Like, also, like, then that indicates to everyone in there that, like, There's something they're allowed happening. to behave towards Jen like that. Right. Right. So no, not even her grandma has her back. Right. You know, fucked up. So then Andy gets up. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes to give her eulogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also written that down a few. Yeah. Like and Jen, then we see Jan, Jen is sitting next to Jack. Jen is sitting next to Jack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Andy says, there are people in my life. Who, there are people who give me comfort in my life. When the going gets tough, as it invariably does, I can count on them as a shoulder to cry on, and they will pick me up when I fall. Um, she's like, I'm so thankful there for these people. But there's another group of people, just as important, who challenge me, who push me to my breaking points, and who force me to muster courage I never thought I had. Abby Morgan was one of those people. Um, in her own truth-telling way, she gave me strength. I'm a stronger woman because of her. Stronger than I ever thought I could be. She gave me that gift. She was one of a kind. There's no one like her, and she will always hold a special spot in my heart. Which, like, I actually kind of like that speech. No, it's, like, incredible, like, how Andy, again, she's so positive, and uh-huh. she can find this way to, like, completely tell the truth. Right. Is Abby Morgan one of a kind? Fuck yeah, she is. Yeah, she you know? definitely is. Right. Will she hold a special place in Andy's heart forever? Hell yeah. yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. Sure. You know, it's like a little bit lying by omission. Yeah. But still being like truthful and authentic, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I thought it was like an incredible, you know. Well, and I feel like like the the camera, we sort of close up on everyone's face as Andy is giving the speech, mm-hmm. like on Dawson and then Joey and Pacey and, you know, Jen and Jack. And and like, I feel like they all kind of realize that like that actually is what Abby was for all of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that actually Abby being a total, total bitch to all of them all the time actually did make them stronger. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I thought it was diplomatic and, like, a good no, one you're like, for a funeral. damn, she should have won that election. <laughs> she does. She does do diplomacy well. And then we see Dawson and Joey hold hands. Yeah. Which, like, we know that has, like, special meaning to Joey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So then there's, like, a commercial and we go over to the cemetery and there's this, like, montage with music that's supposed to be Curtis Steiger's You Deserve to Be Loved, Mm. which is on the fucking soundtrack, but, like, not in any of the releases. Like, the streaming or the DVD. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... So then, like, one by one, they kind of all in slow-mo leave flowers on Abby's casket and we, like kind of see people leave the funeral um and then we cut over to Dawson and Joey <laughs> and Dawson's like 
I just want to talk to you about like how happy I am for the other night. And it yeah. was like so special and like, I'm so grateful for you and blah, blah, blah. Are you going to keep making me say more? <laughs> he's like, cause he's like, you know, I was, I was editing the movie and I just like kept, I was like watching Abby and it just hit me how fleeting life was. So like, I just wanted to tell you all of these things that like I'm so happy about all of this. And Joey is like very quiet and contemplative. Like we're in a cemetery. I mean, cuz it's like they've already said they have a lot to talk about. Yeah. He had like three sentences. Yeah. <laughs> to say. Well, and she goes, she's like um she kisses, she just kisses him. him. Yeah. They don't talk about it at all. Like this is supposed to be them talking about like now we're back together. Yeah. And he just says like, I'm so happy. And she's like, kisses him. And then and she I'm says, like, of course I'm happy. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, mean, I thought y'all were like talking blue into the face. That was your vibe. No. I thought you had a lot to talk about about this. Like, look, the apple doesn't fall far, Aaron. We Mitch and Gail can't fucking communicate and neither oh does Dawson. Oh my god. It actually made me mad. I was like, what? This is how they get back together? I'd like not remembered that. Yeah. They yeah. don't talk about the fact that like all of the things that Joey wanted and like a lot of the real problems that they had while they were dating, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They that's... just are like, let's make out. Let's mm-hmm. lean into like sexuality. Yeah, and Joey, like, as she kisses him and says, of course, I'm happy, and then she, like, looks at him and is like, but right now I have to go someplace. And then she's like, do you think you could walk me there? Mm-hmm. And Dawson says, absolutely, with, like, this total conviction. And, like, I know we've been having this discussion about, like, wh- how the writers saw Dawson as a good guy. And I yeah. think, I mean, like, I hate to say this out loud, But I think this is why, like scenes like this, where he's like, no question, Joey, I am there for you. And I'm like, I think that's the bar we're at with good guys. It's really complicated because Pacey earlier was like, I will give this speech for you. (laughs) Uh uh I will, you know, I'm, you know, to me, that sounds like a, better show of being a good guy than just like going to your lifelong best friend's mom's grave right yeah i I just think that like yes of course if you said no you're a bad guy yes yes oh absolutely absolutely but saying yes doesn't make you a good guy it makes you not an asshole yeah (laughs) it's not a binary like that you know it's like it's not this isn't a an instance in which you be, can become a good guy. It's only an instance in which your actions make you a piece of shit and yeah, so you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's so fucking wild. It's, I know. I yeah. And like Right, I totally agree that we're supposed to be like, Oh, how what sweet. a great guy. What a good guy. And you're like, What? He's been best friends with her for the past three years and he hasn't gone to her grave. He hasn't encouraged her, he hasn't talked to her, yeah. he hasn't like helped her like in what? Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is. You the, didn't even know she hadn't been to her grave. Right. This is the literal bare minimum. And I feel like <laughs> that's the point at which we're supposed to be like, Dawson's such a great guy. Oh my God, look at him. He's going yeah. with her. Oh, I mean, again, this is like an agent of white supremacy. Like, can you believe he did the bare minimum? He's such a good person. Right. Yeah. 
so we cut over to Pacey and Andy. And Paisy, like, is up front. He's like, you know, you've really had me worried, but, like, you pulled this off. And, like, um, he calls her McPhee, which, you, yeah. you know, captures my heart immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, you managed to pull it off with flying colors. And Andy's just kind of like, you know, Pacey, like, this experience really bought, brought me closer to Tim. Yeah. Um, and it's just so cool that we see Pacey, like, positively reinforce when Andy does something good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, she gave this incredible speech, and he was like, you were incredible. Yeah, that was amazing. (laughs) And, like, the fact... And he's, like... Like, the thing that I think is so great is, like, Pacey knows what the truth of that is. Mm -hmm. Like, Pacey was there when Abby was, like... I mean, monstrous to Andy. Yes. And so, like, he's like, I see what you did. Mm -hmm. And that, like, you you stayed true to yourself... Mm-hmm. And didn't lie about her, but also was able to give a speech that, like, you felt good about and that, like, made her mom feel good. Yeah. And know? everyone is sitting in the audience was like, wow. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. And then, like, Andy kind of sees um, Jen, who's still sitting over by Abby's grave. Yeah. And Andy's kind of like, I'm going to go talk to her. I know. Oh, Andy's such a good person. I know. Because, like, if you'll remember, the last time they saw each other, Jen accused Ab- Andy <laughs> of killing Abby. Yeah, her, like, implying it was, like, her somehow fault. her fault. Yeah. Yeah, so Andy he goes over, and Jen, like, out of the gates apologizes. She's like, I cannot believe I did that. I'm so sorry for blaming you. Yeah. Like, that was out of line. Yeah. And the reality is... It's my, it's Jen's fault that Abby died. Right. Jen's like, it's my fault. And she can't believe she let her guilt control her. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I invited her out. I got her drunk. I could have saved her. And Andy just like, is not having that. Like, Andy's like, no, like the water was no one's fault. Yeah. Yeah. The water was rough. The current was strong. And then Jen says something truly horrifying. Oh, sorry. Andy is like further along in her journey of like an an accident happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because probably like Andy maybe had like similar feel like there's a reality where she had similar feelings yeah. about her brother's yeah. death of like, ooh, if I had like not gone to the bathroom right. or if we had, you know, like if we had left a little bit earlier, right. and, you know, something like that, you could see Andy is a type that would have been like that, yeah. and, you know, through maybe her therapy or just her own um you know, grieving process. She's like, Nope, Nope. You had no control over this situation. This happened as a freak accident, you know? And so she really, Andy really gives that space to Jen and that experience to Jen too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jen then says this thing that is like so deeply disturbing and is like, you know, I saw Abby in the water um and like she just looked so scared and i was like oh my god put jen in therapy immediately Immediately." i mean i told you i couldn't see titanic after that scene yeah (laughs) (laughs) and andy's kind of like oh man like don't think about that (laughs) like yeah you know um and jen's like you know i couldn't i couldn't accept the blame i had to deflect it onto everybody else like onto you onto grams onto cape side and then she just like like expresses so much remorse over giving that speech. She's like, "What was yeah. I thinking?" And I just like 
I felt like Jen has never felt so young than in this yeah, moment. Like, totally. I feel like you see her, like, Jen's 16. Like, yeah. She's a young person and she's had a lot of shit happen to her. And, like, so she. So these moments, like, I give, I do try to give her a lot of space because, like, I think people react. No, I mean, react. she admitted she saw, like, saw it. Yeah. Abby dying. Yeah. Like, it was in her eyes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, that fear and, like, just, like, I can't. I, I mean, can't to even, me. I mean, so I just traumatic. can't even imagine that. So I give Jen every <laughs> inch space of space yeah. she needs, like during yeah. this. You know, like I don't think it was acceptable that she said it was Andy's fault. Sure. Like that's fucked up. But sure. then she immediately apologizes yeah. for that. So I give her space for that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it, that would be so fucking haunting. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Andy. Andy's Andy kind of like some, she knows herself. Andy yeah. knows herself. It's like, look. I'm a people person. Yeah. Sometimes that comes a little bit phony, but that's just like who I am, right. you know? And she's like, Jen's a boss and you were true to Abby. Right. Like you told the truth. Yeah. And, and Jen's like, says it's sometimes it's not appropriate to, to speak your truth. And then Andy's kind of like, look, Jen, <laughs> like Abby kept this diary yeah. and like, it was bad. It was really yeah. bad. Yeah. And she's like, you know, if if Abby's mom finds it, she's going to be devastated. And I like kind of implying like you actually really did a solid by yeah. sort of prepping her for this truth of her daughter and her daughter's mm-hmm. like attitude. Um, so um, so then we go over to Joey's mom's grave, which Joey sees for the first time. Um, the song is supposed to be Lose Your Way by Sophie B. Hawkins. Uh, and it's just like, <sighs> Sophie B. Hawkins is on this show so much. And like, literally, I know. We, we only get it in the streaming and DVDs. We only get it once. We only get it in the first season, the first episode. Right. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's a lot more that she's supposed to be on it. Um, Disappointing. Makes me, uh, so, so anyway, so Joey kind of like leaves Dawson. And yeah. walks over to her mom's grave and she's crying. And this also broke me. Um, and she like puts some flowers down. Also, we learn that Joey's mom's name is the same as Harry Potter's mom's name. Yeah. Which is Lily <laughs> Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's just fucking heartbreaking. I mean, it's really sad. It's really sad. And Joey kind of stands back up and Dawson comes over and like puts his arm around her. Yeah, I don't know. It's nice that he's there. I'm glad he's there for her. And Joey says to Dawson, like, wherever she is, I hope she's happy. <laughs> and then Dawson's like, she is happy. And she's looking down on you very happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's completely sweet. I completely agree with you, but yeah. it's just so childish. Yeah, it is. It is. Even the use of the word happy yeah. and even talking about like their relationship you know, in the previous scene yeah. with the word happy. It's just like, it's such a childish word, you know? Yeah, totally. And like the way they're, t- she's looking down on you and she is happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> it's like, that's probably the same thing he said to her when her mom died. <laughs> well, and it's just like, I mean, going back to what you said about like the only time we've never really heard any of the other characters talk about their relationship to like a God or a religion. Mm-hmm. And so, like, having this, like, she's looking down on you, like, 
I don't know. There's a way in which I think sometimes, even if you don't believe in it, there's like some kind of comfort in that story of like, right. you know, your loved one can see you or like sense you in some way. Right. But also no, like, no, that's just like an again, like a thing of white supremacy of like, well, yeah, when someone dies, they're looking down on you because we're Christian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is. It's a very Christian thing. And I think like one of the things about our society that's so um, pervasive is that like everything is sort of couched in this Judeo-Christian Christianity. Yeah. Christianity. Cause yeah. Judaism doesn't have that. Right. So just Christianity. But like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's such an interesting uh interesting turn of phrase because I don't know that any of them actually believe in this, even right. if they're saying it for sort of for comfort. Yeah. You know, no, and I mean, it's like, it's hard. That's why it's so hard to grieve at a young age or grieve at any age, but yeah. especially at a young age, because yeah. like you either say like the two things that are said in this episode of like, they're looking down on you yeah. and they're with you always yeah. and they're happy or no, she's alive in you, you right, know, right. and those are the two things that are told, um, you know, and it, again, it's hard because like, how do we grieve? How do we talk about these things? How do we do yeah. that? You know, and yeah. like, you know, it's hard to, it's t sometimes too scary to just be like, I mean, that person's dead. Yeah. They're that's gone. The end. You know, and like, that's it, you know, yeah. because that is super complicated too. Sure. sure. You know, and like that might not give people peace. So yeah super hard it's hard so so jen comes home to, to grams. grams yeah and Oof. grams is on their porch just packing up jen's shit uh -huh. and kicking her out she is pissed grams is pissed i am appalled even in 1999 when i saw this yeah. i was fucking appalled <laughs> i mean same same and Grams is like, you know, I went to the funeral to give you support and to rectify the damage in our relationship, only to find you heartlessly thumbing your nose at me in a house of God, no less. And Jen, like, tries to argue, like, you know, that speech was for Abby. And, yeah. like, she's also like, and I kind of regret it, you yeah, know? Yeah, she apologizes. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't mean, I was, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and I'm sorry that I offended your beliefs. And she actually says, I'm sorry I offended your beliefs. She doesn't say I didn't mean to. She doesn't say yeah. this is how you interpreted it. She's like, no, I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah. And Grams then, like, fucking turns and yells at her and is like... She goes wild. <laughs> she's like, you know... You deliberately tried to to wound me in that chapel and like took out all of your rape, pain and rage at the world on me. And I was kind of like, yeah, man, like that's what teenagers do. <laughs> She's like, first of all, Grams, I'm not saying you're it's like okay. a 60 year old woman yeah. and like you're going to be like that easily offended. Right? Like, I don't. It's a lot. I mean, grounder shit, man. But no, like, no, Jen needs to be like punished for this. Yeah. But like. To kick someone out, like, I, again, like, I would never do that. I yeah. I, I, just can't imagine doing that to your kid. Like, no. if you, you're a criminal if you do that, I think, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Grams is legit, like, go find somewhere else to live. Yeah. Fuck you. She's just, like, 16. What the fuck does <laughs> that mean? Where the fuck is she going to go? Like, that's such a, like, a hideous behavior. Yeah. And, like. And she's guess, already been kicked out of one well, home. Yeah. We learn so much uh -huh. about Jen's mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this, you know? Yeah. 
And like that, like Graham's like became unhinged so easily. Yeah. Yeah. So easily. And she's like, you know, why don't you give me some understanding, like, you know, some compassion, just not for my beliefs, but for me, your grandmother who loves you and would do anything for you. You wouldn't do anything for her because she's mourning and grieving and you're kicking her out. Yeah. 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 And then Jen calls her grandma, which broke me in two. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's like, grandma. And I was like, don't say that. I can't handle it. And Jen's like, you know, Grams is just like, you should be living with someone else, someone you respect. And I am not that person. And like, she's like, you know, all this time that you're wasting rebelling against me is getting you nowhere. And so I like, I want you to move out. And then she like goes in the house. Fuck Grams. Fuck her. Yeah, like, this is fucking rough, man. So horrible. And Jen just... Again, even at the time, I, like, was appalled that this happened. Yeah, it's appalling. Like, uh, remember when Jen saw her best friend drown? Yeah. A mere <laughs> days ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're... Kicking her out? Her, kicking her out and, like, kind of, like, saying that, like, the way she responded to watching her friend <laughs> die yeah. is inappropriate? Yeah. I, yeah, I can't. I can't. It's it's so fucked up. I think that's fair, Erin. I think yeah, it's fair to to say I can't. Um, it is fucked up. I think uh, it's weird because I mean, like I said, I I've like I've said before, I've I did know people who got kicked out of their houses, um, in high school, and so as fucked as this is there's a part of me that in my high school watch of this i think some of it i was like okay well i just know you go live with you know someone else for a little while and figure your shit out but like yeah as an adult i think i mean i remember thinking it was fucked up and then i also remember thinking like and then as an adult, I think, like, holy shit. It's, like, so much more fucked up to me as an adult than it was yeah. as a kid. I mean, you know? same. Yeah. I mean, these kind of stories always felt scary to me, you know, yeah. like Ricky getting kicked out in yeah, my so-called yeah. life. And so yeah. I thought it just felt scary that, like, that people my age would have to go through that. And yeah. that also, like, that that maybe could have been an, an option for me. Like, that right. always, it, that just like again that's like my privilege because of like feeling insecure in any way is fucked up and like the security of knowing my parents would never kick me out like gives you a little bit like that is a privilege unfortunately yeah totally and like even though my dad and I had a contentious relationship particularly when I was in high school had a very contentious relationship I I mean there was never a question you know, I mean, about for this sure. Kind of stuff. So I, think, yeah, yeah like, I mean, I definitely didn't have a good relationship with my parents when I was in high school, but like, it would never have resulted in me being kicked out of my house. Right. I mean, my parents were too waspy for that. How would they explain that to like right. <laughs> anyone? Totally. You know, so totally. there was like a social shame. You oh, know, yeah. oh, my that, mother would have kicked my dad out before she kicked me out. I'll tell you <laughs> no, that right now. Imagine like no. there would be like real social shame. To yeah. Like, kicking one's child out yeah for, definitely you know. definitely wow. yeah um yeah so then uh andy goes over to abby's house uh yeah. and she kind of walks again in. breaks into no the house <laughs> well it's a small town and nobody locks their doors i get it i get it i grew up in that town <laughs> you just go very in. weird 
You just very weird. Mm-hmm. So Andy like goes upstairs to get the diary. Um, yeah. And so Abby's mom won't find it. And she kind of looks up into the mirror and who is standing behind her. Oh, fuck. But Abby. Abby Morgan. <laughs> and she turned around and Abby's gone. And yeah. Andy looks freaked the fuck out. Fuck. And then they we keep f- ending these episodes on cliffhangers. I know. And then we fade to black. It's over. Yeah. Um, I remember being like already in 1999 traumatized from Jen getting kicked out and then being like, (gasps) oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's the end of Abby Morgan. Goodbye, Abby Morgan. That's Monica Kina's last episode. Um, I did listen to the commentary with Paul Stupin, and he said that Monica Kina hated having to be in North Carolina. And um, while the show, the show actually wanted her to stay on, but she was like, please write me off the show. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and so they decided to to kill her off to like put their characters through shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So like, I get that. I want to say, I really hate this trope of like the fallen or deviant woman being killed off. Yeah. Um, I understand, I understand the logistics of television. Yeah, yeah, And that, like, you know, they like to throw a wrench in the show. A death is a good way to do that. If you have a character, if you have an actor that wants to be written off and you need a wrench to throw into the show, it's not necessarily a bad way to do it. Right. But I just think, like, this show particularly is very guilty of, like, not just killing off the deviant woman, but, like obliterating her in some way yeah yeah and not necessarily death but like just in some way yeah um and like they just put these women who like they deem deviant through the fucking ringer um i mean already jen lindley you know has been through the ringer multiple times yeah and Um, in the same episode she gets kicked out right right um that being said abby morgan may be the single greatest teen tv villain of all time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only rivaled possibly by gossip girls chuck um but abby morgan i think is great so yeah you Chuck's know a rapist so yeah he's right abby is like a, a fun villain chuck is yeah. a shithole villain predator yeah um so rest in peace abby morgan i know we're gonna miss you we will miss you we're gonna miss not you. too much but we'll miss yeah you. i mean you know not too much but he's always fun <laughs> Your characters are fun. You're so fun whenever wild, you're like, on screen. We know like that pure, chaos is coming. Yeah, it's just like they like the pure chaos. I mean, season two of Dawson's Creek, it takes a lot of insane turns, and they're like constantly trying to inject chaos instead of just like having like um, a story arcs. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very weird. That's true. That's true. All right. So, who are you rooting for? Who am I rooting for? I am rooting for. I mean, I'm rooting for Jen. Yeah. Um, I would like Jen to uh, have like a fucking modicum of normalcy and even. No, it's hard (sighs) because I think because she can lean so mature and she can be so insightful as a result, she's not given room to be her age and to deal with her trauma, like act out with her trauma. Right. And you know, I think in a different character that wasn't as, or a different person that wasn't as like traditionally mature, or traditionally insightful. Yeah. They would be given more room. Yeah. 
act out. So it's it's like one of those like paradox where it's like she's held to a higher regard. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is just unfair. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm yeah. So I'm rooting for Jen and I'm rooting um, for Andy. Uh, yeah, I, you know the thing that happens at the end is pretty um, scary. Haunting. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, and P- Jack and Pacey were such good guys in this yeah. episode. You know, um, you know Jack to Joey and and Pacey to Andy. Yeah. Like, I like seeing that. Um, yeah, I love seeing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like it when the show lets the men be, um, you know, there and supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. make space yep all right for our listener corner yeah. um this is from georgette okay. um a question i wanted to pose to both of you when you were talking about chosen family and how the learys are joey's chosen family do you think joey ever feels so tied to dawson because if she did step away she might lose mitch and gail it reminded me of when joey was jealous of jen for encroaching on gail even though Gail cemented the fact that she considers Joey a daughter, Joey could be cautious about if she does cut ties with Dawson for whatever reason, she'd be cutting ties with the entire family. Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I love that question. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think, I, I mean, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like, I think sometimes like I'm thinking of more romantic relationships like sometimes thinking of breaking up with the family of the person yeah. you're thinking about breaking up with is like a bigger Definitely. like yeah. stab in the heart than actually breaking up. And so, yeah, like I think I definitely think that Joey understands that she has like this sort of um, consistency and these sort of um, su- not pseudo parents, but like um a little security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Security. And this, like, this sort of, like, you know, parent-like sort of figures in Gail and mm-hmm. Mitch. And, yeah, I think that would be so hard to think about losing. On the flip side, I think if Dawson and Joey broke up spectacularly and didn't talk to each other, I don't know that Joey would lose Mitch and Gail. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but that's kind of how I was speaking to, like, I don't think she would even lose Dawson either. Like I, I think he says that, but I I don't think that that's true. You know, I, um, no, I like that. I've been thinking about that a lot since you said it. Yeah. So, but I, I definitely think I agree with you that she feels like that. Like Mm -hmm. that's why their connection feels so complicated and Mm -hmm. feels so strong and feels so scary to her because it's more than just Dawson. It's his, it's his parents. It's even his house. His right. house feels more like, you know, feels like home to me, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> <I do>. every, <laughs> you know, so there's so many components that are like, not just the person Dawson that Dawson brings to her feeling secure uh-huh. in her life, you yeah. know? And so that's why it's complicated. And even like she's and it seems like throughout this whole season, she's trying to find the words to explain that to herself and then also to Dawson, you know, like, I don't know where I end and you begin, you know, because like those are that's like um, what you traditionally are learning with your your parents as you grow up, you know, like where do they end and where do I begin? That's like a common thing in like um, childhood. Those like parenting books or whatever um so i think 
that that's why to be honest that's why they have a complicated relationship they act like their relationship's complicated because they like talk a lot or whatever yeah but they only had three sentences about their <laughs> getting back them together. getting back together so that's not them talking that much yeah. you know maybe the next episode Aaron they'll have a big conversation about it <laughs> well hope. maybe let's maybe. cross our fingers <laughs> gosh like what did you learn when you went to go find yourself yeah. like how are you feeling about that are you yeah. gonna break up with me again like or you know whatever yeah good question so I like that thank you Georgette is that was yeah that name? Georgette yeah. yeah thanks Georgette. yeah thanks for that question I yeah really thank like that. you yeah all right well, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us. We got a bunch of emails last week. So thank you so much. Um, uh, Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. Uh, you can find my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. Um, and we want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at GoFreakingCrazy. Uh, please like us, subscribe, um, write reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps us when you do that. We would, as always, like to thank Andrew Bush. We cannot wait to see your bright, shiny face again. Um, mm -hmm. And I cannot wait to not have to record this myself anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, social media at Pesty1079. Uh, Rarebird books can be found on the internet at rarebirdlit.com. Uh, we are found on social media at Rarebird Books. This has been a Rarebird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.